right, everyone. We are back. NFL Week 14 on the horizon. So excited to be here to talk football. But before we do so, Brendan, how we doing? Hey, man. I'm doing great. It's a good day. To- you went on a heater yeah, last well, week. Can we talk yeah, about we that? Talk about it. If you want to compliment a heater. me, you can. Yeah, you, you won the beer bet. You called the 49ers. You called... You called the Bengals. You called Detroit. So sitting pretty, pretty sweet over there. So, um, yeah, follow, follow Beach right now. Beach oh, is God. hot. That's so dangerous, though. Yeah, <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> All right, that's good though. Yeah. All right. Well, we are getting into the home stretch of the NFL season. Uh, I just wanted to drop something out here: the Super Bowl odds now. As they stand, the Bills lead the charge at three and a half to one odds. Chiefs are second at five to one. Eagles are tied with them at five to one. Cowboys at seven to one. And Dolphins at 20 to one. Can you believe that? That's a big drop. That's a steep drop for a team that are honestly in a lot of people's predicted Super Bowl matchups. Well, you know they they were in yours. Yeah, but last they are week. in the same conference as the Bills and the Chiefs, and they're in the same division as the Bills. So then, and, and the, the Bengals. Bengals. So that was that's why. I mean, if they were in if they were in the NFC, like they would have to be second, I would think, to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested to see how the AFC plays out. Everybody knows it's the best division yep. in the NFL. Um, NFC, very, very much of a deficit there in terms of uh, quality teams. But I just thought that was interesting that it was still a 20 to 1 drop off. Because um, right now, metrically speaking, it's the best offensive in, offense in the league. So uh, I, I was quite surprised. But hey, I mean, you know, like you said, that's going to be a crowded uh, playoff pool in the AFC. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about. The Raiders currently sit at a 13% chance to make the playoffs. But they have a soft schedule remaining, and they're 7-1 to to make the playoffs. You think they can do it? Mm-hmm. Or do they, do they're 5-7. They and seven. Seven now. They take 7, don't they? They take 7. They take 7. And so the current wild card for the AFC is 7-5. and five. Yeah. So, hey, I'm just floating that out there as that's something I noticed. They're two games behind the current wild card with four weeks left. So it's well, in the I'll realm of possible. I'll tell you this. I, thought, I think the Dolphins are definitely in. Okay. So that's one wild card. Or them slash the Bills, whichever one. But I think the Bills will win the, the mm-hmm. East. Um, the Bengals are in with the Ravens. No doubt. But I think both those are good. Well, actually, with Lamar getting hurt, you never know. Uh, how long he's going to be mm-hmm. out. Um, but I would probably say both of those and both of those. And then I guess the Titans in the South is terrible. Um, but then they're also a game behind the Chargers. And in their division, and do they play them again? I'm assuming they do. Um, maybe. I can't remember. Was that Was that the first time they played the Chargers last week? If it was, then they will play again. I'm looking right now, they might play in week sixteen. 
no. No, no, I don't. I don't well, think they do. Anyways, no. yeah, doesn't matter. Um, food for thought. Playoff scenario is still kind of at large. Um, there's a lot of uh, on the on the cusp teams. Um, weird year of football because a lot of teams are hovering right around 500. So uh, very interested to see how that plays out. But we are not talking about the playoffs. We're talking about week 14. First game up this week. Speaking of the Raiders, Raiders go to the Rams. Rams are plus six. Now, they also just signed Baker Mayfield. Um, Wofford got hurt, so that makes a lot of sense for Baker to join the team. Uh, Perkins is still kind of banged up, though, so we may see Baker Mayfield again as a starting QB this Thursday night, which uh, I can't say I'm too excited about, but um, it, it may as well, like, it may do some good for this Rams team who just is playing, you know, it's like a, a circus, a merry-go-round uh, in the QB room. So uh, tell me your thoughts I'll on this matchup. This. I didn't even know that. I didn't see the news. Um, but what Sean McVay was able to do with Jared Goff and bring him to a Super Bowl, if Baker can be, like, decent, I think that it actually might be not a bad pickup there because McVay will do what he always does, and he'll talk to the QB until he can't anymore. Uh, before the play and tell them all the reads to look at and stuff. So I actually think it, you know, might not be that bad over there, but the Rams have been horrible whole year. Um, and the Raiders just don't make any sense. But, I mean, in L.A., there's no such thing as home field advantage. So, um, I mean, I like Raiders to cover at this point, at this game, um, with the way they've been kind of playing, even though they're ass. Um, the – Rams are more ass. So uh, I like the race. I think they can stay hot. And they know they have to push for the playoff here because they're within reach. So right. um, they're going to have to turn it up. Well, the the Rams are pretty bad. I, I'm not going to argue there. But I kind of like – and I know that the Rams are banged up. Aaron Donald's out. Matthew Stafford's out. Um, you know, Cam Akers is like the only guy. You know, they were missing – Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby's banged up, but for some reason, I still like the Rams to cover right. plus six. I think, I think if Baker Mayfield starts as bad as he is, I think he's fine enough. Where if Sean McVay is in his ear, then he, I mean, they can he can manage this game fine. You know, they can keep it close. The defense. At home, even though the Rams don't have a huge home field advantage, hey, they might be able to cover. I mean, they can't run the ball. They can't run the what? ball. I mean, yeah, Cam Cam Akers is awful, but still, I mean, I mean, they, it makes them one dimensional. They can't run the ball, and then Baker in his first game with them, like, I mean, I you know, I know McVay will do what he can with them, but like, he's got nobody to throw the ball to. But I mean, I guess look at look at what they just did with Seattle last week. Seattle had to like win on basically a game winning touchdown from Geno Smith yeah. to win. The Rams were winning, and I mean, let's like the Seattle is a better team, even though they lost to the Raiders. I think Seattle is a better team than the Raiders. I think if they played again seven times out of ten, you know, they yeah. win. Especially if they clean up some stuff on defense. 
So, and Raiders are in the bottom three with like the Lions and the Seahawks in terms of defense. So, you know, I'm just saying that's a hefty number, and I think the Rams could possibly keep it close at home with Sean McVay having a new toy, even though it's not that shiny of a toy, uh, kind of a crappy toy in Baker Mayfield. But, hey, I mean, again, it's it's not it's not necessarily Baker going out there. It's, you know, it's a puppet yeah. of Sean McVay well, at that point. If there's no so, wind, then 150-pound Tutu Atwell might be able to expose that if there's a <laughs> – <laughs> A strong gust of wind will blow that boy over. But, um, you know, if they're able to draw up some good schemed plays against that uh, bottom-tier defense, then, I mean, it doesn't take – I mean, I, if he's wide open, I might be able to hit him. So, um, we'll just have to see about mm-hmm. it. It's just I, I literally can't watch any primetime games anymore. The score is always 10-3. to 3. It's so horrible. It's like, uh, unless I'm really I bored. That, I mean on- – that that's truly another reason why I like taking the Rams, and that why I might personally do it because primetime Thursday night game, it's destined to be nasty. So, you know, how, I mean, not many six point or more wins on yep. Thursday night football when it's just abysmal mm-hmm. football. So, I don't know. I, I kind of like it, but again. Um, that's a dangerous game to play with a Rams team who could potentially just start their venture towards tanking. Um, even though they don't have yeah. any picks, there's really no reason to tank, but nah, they got really nothing to play for anymore. 70% of the money is on the Raiders. 30% of the tickets are on the Rams. So public is heavy on the Raiders. So beware for that. Um, also, uh, keep your eye out on the news of Baker Mayfield and if he's actually going to play or not. Not sure, but geez, you never know in, in this league, man. Freaking Jeff Saturday, the head coach now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about game of the uh-huh. week, at least in my book. Detroit versus the Vikings at Detroit. The Vikings are one-point underdogs in Ford Field. Tell me how you feel about this game. Is he back? Questionable. We'll have to look at the practice practice reports. Is it lower body? Lower body, yeah. Well, the only chance the Lions have to stop in Jay Jettis is is him, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the Vikings just keep winning. Like it just keeps somehow. Going. I don't. I don't somehow. really understand. Like their team has like potential to be that, but they just they shouldn't be ten and two at this point. I don't think. Um, and the Lions just put up forty on who they play. Lions just put up forty on the Jags, who I think statistically have a decent defense. Um, and the Lions were at yeah. Home. I'll put that out there also. Um, it's a dome. It's a dome. Jared Goff's played well this year. It's a dome. You know, I like Dan Campbell. Uh, it's. I mean, I can't wait for it. Honestly, I I hope that game. Yeah. So so Detroit has been playing lights out offense lately. Uh, kind of back on track to where they started the year. Uh, defense still struggle. It's gotten better. Uh, it started the year as the 
worst, objectively the worst defense in the league, and now they've kind of climbed up a little bit. Nothing like intense, but um, they're not in dead last like they were. Now, Vikings defense, also pretty bad. We talked about their corners in the past. They're dusty. Uh, they're old. And Amon Ra should be able to feast underneath like he always does. Uh, DeAndre Swift is finally fully healthy from what it looks like. So that's finally an extra weapon for Jared Goff. And what seemed like a one-dimensional office this, this past few weeks. I mean, I know Jamal Williams has... Uh, feasted, uh, gotten a ton of touchdowns, but I saw a stat that he leads the league in touchdowns from the one-yard line. He has like eight of his 14 are from the one-yard line. Yeah. And so, um, and and I saw, uh, unfortunately, you know, Amon Ra has been tackled at the one-yard line six times this year. So, um, yeah. So, basically, it's Amon Ra, Funnel everything to Amon Ra. And then Jamal Williams just powers it in. So anyways, but it's been pretty one-dimensional. And now that they bring Swift in, they have this unique Swiss Army guy in the backfield who can run and catch kind of all over the place. So uh, that's an added element for Detroit uh, because, you know, they lost TJ Hawkinson. Um, They've lost a few other guys to injury. So it's it's been tough going, tough sledding for Detroit. Offense, but things are looking a lot better. Um, I love the wide receiver matchup against in this Minnesota Vikings defense. Now, flip the script. I also love the Vikings offense against the Detroit defense. I think that, you know, this should be a fun offensive bout over under is 53 and a half, really high for NFL totals. But I think it's can still clear because I mean that's like a twenty-seven to you know twenty-five uh, team expected points. Um, so I think that can happen. I, you know, we've seen Detroit score thirty or more in numerous games this year. So uh, it's in it's within the realm of possibility, and it's noon, Kirk. I was about to say it. Come on. I was about to say. Talk to it's me. Noon, Talk to me. Domed. Noon, Kirk. He's going to be Kirk. wearing everybody's chain on the plane ride home. Um, yeah, it's noon domed Kirk, and it's domed golf. Dude, terrible. I, I mean, I guess he's playing good this year. Whatever. Um, yeah, I like points in this game, but there. I mean, I can't. I can't not take the Vikings as the underdog. I can't not. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so points. juicy and. And surprisingly, I, I thought that the the public money would be heavy on the Vikings just because, you know, I was like, oh, okay, there's a ton of people out there who are like, oh, Vikings 10 and 2. Oh, Lions 5 and 7. Let me bet, bet the Vikings. No, 55% of the public are on the Vikings. So pretty evenly split between these two teams. And so, you know, maybe there's some recency bias. You know, Vikings did have their best defensive game last week, but I mean, it's not like the the Jaguars are elite offensive status, not yet at least. So they played the Jets, didn't they? Oh, the Jets Lions played the Jets. Yeah, um, and and so you know, I I still like the Vikings here, man. I still think that they can pace the offense 
And, you know, their corners are not good on defense, but their front seven is. Uh, their defensive line is pretty solid. So I think this slight mismatch is in the Vikings' favor. But it should be fun, to say the least. I'm on Minnesota as well as the underdog. Yeah, so the Vikings pr- – oh, sorry. Also, I was just going to say, in general, if you bet underdogs, you are winning a lot of money in the NFL. You know, it's like 56% of spread underdogs hit and, you know, like 57% of underdog money lines hit or something. And, something until like the Vikings so. prove me wrong, I've got to take their points as an underdog. Especially against yeah. the Lions team. I know, whose reliable. hasn't been good all season. So, yeah. Yeah. Simple. So, we'll see, man. Should be a fun one. All right. Jets. Go to the Bills, divisional matchup. Bills are minus nine and a half, home favorites. Jets, Mike White, he looks feasible. Um, they almost come back, came back against the Vikings last week. Should be a fun game. I mean, nine and a half seems like a lot of points for the Bills. And, you know, I, I've made the mistake in the past of thinking that. Uh, but... I think the Jets can definitely do it here, especially in a divisional game. I know it's at Buffalo, so that makes things a lot more difficult. But we're destined to have inclement weather, um, so slower pace game, less points, more chance to cover that nine and a half point spread. Jets also have the defense to be able to contain Josh Allen a little bit, not fully. I think Josh Allen can do whatever he wants, whoever against. Uh, at any given moment, as soon as he just flips that switch. So I will never say that a defense can fully stop, but I think they have the ability to get him off the field every now and then. And um, all they have to do is score a couple of times and they're definitely uh, within reason of covering nine and a half. And we're just going to argue uh, on the bills for the rest of the season, I think, because last week, you know, you were, I think we were on the opposite ends of the spectrum where you were on the Pats at home. Yeah. Um, and I kind of when it's going to go one of two ways, either the Pats will be able to do it or the Bills are going to kind of flip that switch and then just be dominant the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't, they didn't obliterate the Patriots by any means, but they won 24 to 10 at the Pats and they were in control. And I'm going to stand by that. Go ahead. Which I, Go ahead. I, that, that, that game makes me heated. Because it just reminds me of the dumb situation that the Patriots have put themselves in by having Matt Patricia call the plays, who has historically been a defensive coordinator, defensive-minded guy. And so this Patriots team should have covered. They should have won. But because the whole – like if you saw – you know, we saw Mac Jones bitching on the sideline and everybody posted on Twitter like, oh, diva, but he was right. like. They're calling the worst plays that I've ever seen. They're on third and longs. They're throwing short of the sticks. They're not making good plays. It's all check down, stick route, spot routes. Like they're not getting any sort of, they're not having any sort of creativity. I mean, the the Patriots should have won. I like, I will stand by, by that. You know, they had every opportunity because they held the Bills to 24. And they could have held them lower because better offense keeps the other offense off the field longer. So, I mean, that's what the Patriots wanted 
They just need somebody to help them out and call the plays. But we'll talk yeah, about that well, later. Push that back to the side. Just needed to step on my soapbox. Let's get back I'm to gonna the Bills. I'm going to stand Jets. on my statement about the Bills. I think they're going to turn it on the rest of the way, at least to the playoffs. Um, and I want to point out mm-hmm. in this matchup, Jets-Bills, the Bills defense has been great all season, okay? And um, the Jets just lost to the Vikings. who don't have a very good defense at all. Um, but I want to point out that Mike White threw for like 300-something yards, but he threw the ball 57 times. He was 31 for 57. And that's mm-hmm. against a mid-defense. And now you're going to go – to Buffalo in inclement inclement weather with the great Bills defense. And even if it is a lower scoring game, I don't see the Jets putting up a lot of points here. Um, And I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Bills on the nine and a half here. Um, Even if it's 20 to seven, like that's, I'm sticking with. I'll I'll argue against you because the last time this team played, Zach Wilson hung 20. He did. Which I know is not like some absurd number, but Zach Wilson did. And the last time these teams matched up, the Jets won. At, at, at MetLife. So, I th- at MetLife, right. But, I mean, you know, it, it was with a Zach Wilson-led team. I think they have to be better. They are better with Mike White at QB. So, I think we're looking at like 24-27 instead of 20. Um and, you know, maybe let's adjust for home field and say they get 20 again. But I still think, you know, again, inclement weather in Buffalo. Robert Sala seems like he knows at least how to, like, contain Josh Allen every now and then. Um, and, and the all, Like, the last game, Buffalo offense had one of the worst games of the season. So, you know, maybe Robert Sala is the key to success here. Can he call a, a good game? and contain and keep it close. I think so. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stand on the other side of the fence and give me, give me jets plus nine and a half. Cause I think a divisional rival divisional matchup this late in the season where both teams are making a push for the playoffs. I think it's not a 10 point game. I'll, I'll let you, you know? have your opinion. However, um, the last thing I'll just say about it is, you know, they already played. So the bills coaching staff has, 60 minutes of film to look at and see what adjustments they can make. Um, so did the Jets. I mean, but the Jets. I mean, the Jets won. What do they, what do they have to change? I mean, they can, they can. Yeah, but they, I mean, but they still had a lot of mistakes yeah. that they can go back and watch film. They can go back and watch film and be like, here's how we stopped them. Let's yeah. keep doing it. Here, what are they going to try and do differently? You know what? So I think that I, I kind of like the Jets here, man. Who's hot? Let's be reminded. Hey, come on! You had one <laughs> week, and now your your head's just up it's there floating up. around. Um, yeah, Bills, Bills minus nine and a half. Yeah, I, I kind of like the oh, under yeah. in here too. If you can get it now before there's like an actual weather report that comes out. Yeah, I mean, if for me personally, I'm taking Jets and the under. I just, I just like the way that that schemes up statistically. I mean, that's valid. I'm not going to argue with that. Well, all everything you're saying is is not wrong, except for uh, your pick. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. You want a beer about it right here? I have to come. 
we're you know we're back even back now. If, if there isn't one later, we'll come. We'll come back because you won. Okay, you, I, I you won last week, so we're, we're broke even one. now. I'm not down. I think your win last okay. week broke you. All right, broke it even. So we have to put another one up on the board. Okay, oh. we'll circle back to this one later. All right, Dolphins go to the Chargers. Chargers are three point underdogs at home. Dolphins coming off a rough loss from the 49ers. Chargers also coming off a rough loss as well. I I expect the Chargers to be fully healthy. I think my Mike Williams is going to be able to come back. Dolphins, I think Jalen Waddle is going to be just fine. I know he injured his leg, but he played the entire time, and they're going to rest him, so he'll be fine as well. Um, both teams are going to have some sort of motivation factor. And again, Dolphins playing for a you know, a spot and they're, they're trying for a wild card here. Um, so how, how do you feel about this game? I think the dolphins, was it? Three points. I think that's too high, but I still think the dolphins yep. are going to be able to win this game. Based off what I've seen all year. Um, but I don't know if I can take that spread. I think it's too high being at the chargers. You got to go across the country for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, right. no one's been able to stop this Mike McDaniel offense, which is awesome. He's the, he's the GOAT. The way that he has all those, like, little mic'd up where he just looks at two and goes, hey, I fucked up. That's my fault. And then he goes, I think I'm yeah, going to – Yeah, he goes, I mean, I he goes, someone tell me if I'm being foolish, but I think I want to pass the ball every single time this drive. And he did. <laughs> it was like 10 pass <laughs> plays, zero run, run plays. Um, he's our hero. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Mm. Let me, before you before you jump into anything, let me let me throw something on your plate. So the Chargers just lost to the Raiders, who, from the eye test in the past couple of weeks, the Raiders have progressed after starting as arguably the worst team in the league. So a seven point loss to the Raiders probably isn't good for morale yeah. with the Chargers, but they're they're playing, they're still somewhat in contention. Um, they got a lot to prove, even though Lombardi, I think it's his time to go. I was a huge Lombardi fan, offensive coordinator for the Tornadoes until the past few weeks, and he just looks flat. But I say all that, seven-point loss to the Raiders, pretty embarrassing. There's some recency bias going on. And 75% of the public are on Dolphins mm-hmm. tickets. So only 25% are on Chargers tickets. As a three-point underdog at home, I mean, How do you feel? I'm just looking at all the Chargers results this season. They beat the Texans by 10, okay? But in their other five wins, they have the most they've won by is five. It's just like, I like. That's the Chargers, I baby. I don't know. I just, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be really close. Um, but, but both of the. I did too. I think it'll be a lot closer than both of these teams thinks. have to win. Like, they're like. It's time during the season where if they lose here, it's like like the the Dolphins will definitely be a wild card team at this point because the Bills I think are going to keep winning. Um, and then the Chargers lose, they might be out, like because just a, it's so competitive in the AFC. Um, there's lots to play right. for. Yeah. So the, I mean, lots to play for. Yeah. I think, game, pretty much. Uh, I think it's close. I think it does hurt the Dolphins a little bit uh, having to travel across the country. It is the Sunday night game, so. Um, yeah, I got. I, I think time. I got to take the Chargers to cover, but I think I think the Dolphins are still going to win. 
but I don't know. I probably so you so you're you're imagining like a push. I'm imagining or a like a one or two point one seven. Kind of what okay. I'm imagining. Yeah, I I like that a lot. Dolphins winning. So I I think that you know the Chargers are capable of doing this. Dolphins are six and six and six against the spread. Chargers are seven and five. Um, so both okay against the spread. Um, this should be the most exciting game. This one was flexed into Sunday night football. So obviously a lot of anticipation around it. I, I am on the same train as you. I imagine this game's a lot closer than what everybody thinks. Um, and again, the recency bias is looming large for the Dolphins right here. One thing that the Chargers don't do well is they they can't stop the run. And defensively speaking, they're not good at stopping the run, but that's not what no. the Dolphins do well. You know, like they're the pass heaviest team in the league. So kind of a okay, you know, if I'm the Chargers, I'm fine with my run defense being shitty. And I'm just going to sell out to stop the pass because that's that's pretty much the Dolphins' run defense. It's RPOs, checkdowns, underneath stuff, spot routes, drag routes. So, again, I think this is a better matchup for the Chargers than what everybody thinks. Yeah. Um, I'm on Chargers plus three. I, agree. I like I that. Agree. I like that a lot, actually. All right. 49ers versus the Bucks. Bucks are three-point underdogs. At San Francisco, Tom Brady just had hell of a comeback last night against the Saints. 49ers, they're missing Jimmy G, so Brock Purdy will get the start. They still have a chance to make the playoffs and make a push. What do you think about I this think game? I think we're going to be polar opposites on this one. Maybe not, but... Okay, well, yeah. let, let me hear you. Let Listen. me hear you. Give me Okay, before diving into anything, give me, give me your instant reaction... Cover, like who do you think is going to cover? Forty Niners. Okay. Okay, I do too. No, I think the Forty Niners are going to obliterate the Bucks. Like actually, <laughs> dude. Okay, so here's the problem: the the Bucks are in shambles right now, and so what happened? So the Bucks played the Saints last night. Tom Brady just led another Tom Brady esque comeback down to possessions. The Bucks. the only reason that they came back and won is because in the two-minute drill, Tom Brady's calling the plays. Whereas in normal game situation, Byron Leftwich is calling the plays. And you know what play Brady calls. Br- so they're going to go. Brady calls a curl to Godwin 10 yards down the field in the middle of the field. If they did that every play, then, I mean, I don't know who's going to stop that. Because he'll run yeah. receivers to draw the defense away I mean, and just it- hit that, like, eight to 10-yard route. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially a a mix of the same. It's like a rendition of the same three plays. You have the curl route, Chris Godwin over the middle, you know, something over the middle. And then you have the deep ball just to stretch the field, keep the defense on their toes. So they have to play those safeties back and they have that deep leverage. So that opens up the middle again. And then the running back check down whether it's out to the sidelines, over the middle. It's just the same three kind of plays. Just, you know, obviously mixed up a little bit here and there, but, you know, that's kind of what he does. And so Brady, again, he's a mastermind at just being able to read those defenses. 
he doesn't need this unique playbook. He just needs to do his own shit, read the defense, and he's magic. So I think that's what's going on. I mean, clear like so it, when I was watching the game during the game, you'll see Byron Leftwich calling the plays. And then in the two minute drill, nothing. It's all Brady. So I think for the Bucks to have success, I think they should just let Brady call the plays. I mean, I I don't know why they wouldn't. So it's not complicated. Um, I think that's it's not the, complicated. It's not for like, him, not for wanted, Brady. This is not for Brady. Nothing to do with it. But about three years ago, I broke Madden. Okay, run five wide, and based on the defense, they were always open. <laughs> always open. It was either Kelsey right over the middle. Or it was reek deep if he got like man covers. It's it's very simple. It's just matchups. And if you and I would only run three. I would only, I would run the exact same play and I would just hot route it based on the defense. Every single you know I did that. Uh, I mean it's I a little it's a little, it's a little more comp. It's a little, a little different. However, it's it's that, however, that's mad. What we this just talked real about, Brady. Football. He's smart enough and he's the goat that he can do that with the players that he has. And he could literally run three plays, add one run play in there, and he could probably win a game. So if they were to hand that over to him, I think, right. I mean, shit. I mean, if they were to hand that over to him, that's going to be really hard to stop. But, you know, he's not the coach. So, but what I will say, we got to kind of get get back on this game in particular. I think the 49ers are so good. I know I picked them to beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, okay? And I know Jimmy G just went down. I could play quarterback for the 49ers. It's not difficult. They run the ball. They throw like drag routes over the middle. It's not difficult. And their defense is really good. And now they have Christian fucking McCaffrey. Yeah. All you have to do is throw a little swing route to him or just screen or anything. Texas route, anything. He, he'll be a linebacker. What? And Brock Purdy looks good he's, too. He's a decent the quarterback. Backup he's a good quarterback. Jimmy G. Iowa State. Is that right? You go to Iowa State? Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm maybe he's Mr. Irrelevant yeah. in the draft. I don't, I don't know where he came from, but I mean, uh, this happened a couple of years ago. Um, and CJ Beathard came in and then Nick, Nick Mullins, like, Nick something Mullins, came dude, in. anybody can play quarterback for Kyle Nick Shanahan. Mullins. Like, yes. It's crazy. Yes. And, and Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins, like looked like a, a rock star. And so I, I, they started winning games left and right with their third string QB just a few short years ago. So I totally agree with that take. I think you could insert anybody in there and they're going to find success. I think, so we just had a line movement. It's now San Francisco minus three and a half, even though 60% of the money is on the bucks. I I think if you're sharp, I think you take the 49ers here. And even if you lose that bet, that you're, that's still the smart bet to take just because, I look what the public's doing in comparison to, you know, what's going on in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not that good. They were just bailed out by Tom Brady's greatness right. the other night against the Saints, who are not that good. And so that was also at home for the Bucks. 49ers, hell of a lot better defense. Um, and this, I think they're going to be able to score and they should be able to outpace the Bucks. Um, just watching the last few Bucks games, I don't think they, they can really, I don't think they can create a lot on the offensive side unless Brady's calling the plays. And I don't see Byron Leftwich relieving those duties or, or the head coach relieving those duties. Um, I'd be shocked if Todd Bowles is the head coach yeah. next year. It's 
being here's honest. A, uh, here's, a cor- here's a correlation. So, 49ers team correlated to right. Georgia, where pretty much anybody could play quarterback for that team. They just throw to the tight ends and the freaking um, running backs all day. But they're just so dominant, and their defense is great, and their O-line is great. I mean, it's it, like, yeah. that's a simplicity, like – correlation but that's that's what i just thought of like originally yeah i mean so kind of like building off what you're saying their offense is kyle shanahan is the mastermind at finding guys who are have mastered the art of yards after the catch Debo, best in the league arguably (laughs) juan yeah we know that from a personal level and and mccaffrey all of those guys are absolute master classes at yards after the catch. So when you can do that, like you said, you could get back there and throw it laterally, let Ayuk or Debo catch it and run. It's just the design screens and the design play calls, the design pick routes that really create the opportunity. So I don't anticipate there being much of a drop off, if at all. I agree. Uh, since Jimmy this, G's this out, this spread so, I feel like is almost a recency bias in that, where it's like, oh, the starting QB went out, so let's make the spread like real close. You know, like I, I don't know what it would have been yeah. with Jimmy. I mean, I don't know. It's just I look. If Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan were coaching an offense together, they would never lose. They would never lose. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, that uh, wraps it up for for that breakdown. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Eagles. Eagles go to the Giants. The Giants just tied last week, but they go to Giants. Giants are six and a half home underdogs. I I kind of love this matchup for the Giants. Um, you know, obviously, my first reaction is, man, the Eagles, they can definitely win by a touchdown, if not more. Uh, they should win by a touchdown, if not more, but... Giants, again, one of those teams where you just have no idea what you're going to get uh, in any right. So I, with the Giants tying the Commanders last week, they're now on – they're at a point in the season where they it's must win. And so um, I do like the idea of Dayball uh, being the coach. As we've said every single week and we've talked about every single Giants game, uh, it's nice having Dable. If if you're betting on the Giants, it's nice knowing that you have a coach um, who at least gives you a chance, even though the roster is pretty depleted. Uh, but you go on the other side, Jalen Hurts is back in his groove that he was in the beginning of the season. Dude, balled out against the Titans. Uh, back at top of the MVP race with Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, this could be an onslaught. The, the only thing that's anchoring me down with the Giants is it's do or die for the Giants, and it's at it's in New York. Yeah. I think, think that um, the spread being at six and a half is really high. I think that if the Eagles wouldn't have shat on the Titans last week and the Giants would have won and not tied against the Commanders, it would be like four and a half or three and a half, honestly. Um, yeah. To be a six and a half road favorite in an interdivisional game, is kind of wild. Um, but, you know, the Eagles have been a great team all season. A.J. Brown is a matchup nightmare. 
Um, but I like the narrative of the Titans. I mean, not the Titans, the uh, the Giants covering right here. I still think the Eagles are going to win, but I like the idea of the um, the Giants covering the spread right here because you're right, they got to win. Like, because the Eagles are going to win that division. They have to. I think they already did. I mean, they're they're seven and four, but so they they're they have a good chance to get that wild card in the NFC. We right. know how bad the NFC is. So, um. But yeah, you're right. They're in the division with the Eagles. Eagles are more than likely going to win that division unless the Cowboys make some crazy run. But 60% of the public is on Eagles tickets, 40% on Giants. Not that much of a discrepancy, kind of what I, I would have expected. Giants are 9-3 and three against the spread. Eagles are 7-5. and five. I always forget how good... The Giants are at covering even the backdoor covers, you know, like we saw on Thanksgiving when they backdoored right. against Dallas. It was an ugly game, but hey, they scrap. They scrap till the end. So, and you can run on this Eagles defense. It's a good defense, but they're horrible at stopping the run. And the Giants' only weapon, Saquon Barkley. So, I think they have an opportunity to shove it down their throat. Keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands and keep this I'm one close. I'm argue with you on that about the only offensive weapon. This is going to be like a shot in the dark, but I really like Darius Slayton. I, I really like his way to separate. And I know the Eagles have some – they've got – they signed another great corner. I don't remember who they are. I don't remember the players on our team. Um, but I think that if they're going to win this game and keep it close, I think Danny Dimes has to be able to hit Slayton for like five or six for 100. And I think – he might have the ability to do that. And that's just like nothing backs me up on that except for just watching football. But I like I like Slayton a lot, and I think that they're going to try to get him going because they don't have anybody else and literally have nothing else. Yeah. He can be really good if he becomes more consistent. Oh, this is going to um, be an um, inconsistent good game. A test. I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh I do like the Giants to cover. They're going to have to keep the Eagles from scoring, but I think that's easily doable. Um, we've seen Eagles in games like these in the division be held under, you know, 27, where it's like 24, 25, 26. So I think if they hold the Eagles under 30 and they get 20 or 21, which I think they can do, that's a good chance of covering. So it's a seven point. So, um, you know, 21, 27, 24, 28. I still like that. I, that I've, I really like the odds of that happening. So we'll see. Um, I'm probably going to lay the Giants. I, I think that they're, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. And the Giants, they yeah. cover. It's, Nine and three. Best team in the I league. I think it would be more interesting if this was their second matchup of the year because they haven't played each other yet because they're the – season finale they play each other um i'm really curious about this one really because you know it was a one loss on the season they've been dominant the whole season um but they you yeah. know have been shown that they can kind of lose it here and there but i mean i i mean dude yeah yeah definitely AJ they have a, weakness. a nightmare for defenses so i've yeah I'd look for another big one but I mean, I, I I'm being a hundred percent 
truthful when I say the Eagles have one of the worst rushing defenses against the league. Not not the passing defense. I'm not saying their passing defense is really solid, but their rushing defense, it's not good. You can run straight up the middle on these Eagles, and I think that's kind of a recipe for the Giants. You run, keep running, keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, and I think you find a good formula to covering that six-and-a-half-point spread, which I think is now up to seven on yeah. some books. So I saw seven um, on ESPN. Get the points. So I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll ride. Let's talk Titans. Titans play at home against the Jaguars. We just saw what happened to the Jaguars. Ugly, ugly beat down from the Detroit Lions. Titans at home versus the Jags. Jags are three and a half point underdogs playing in Tennessee. Etienne's healthy. He should be good. Uh, Lawrence came back in the game after an injury. He should be fine. Titans, I can't ever put my finger on this team. Truthfully, the most unpredictable team in the NFL. First reaction, who do you think is covering the spread? Titans. Look, look. I, so? I'm not even going to try to act like I can um, have a legit reasoning for anything with the Titans because they're the worst number one seed ever last year. They're not good, but some, but with Vrabel, they just find ways to win, but kind of like the Vikings this year, like they just find ways yeah. to win. Um, and I know we were talking about that last week playing the Eagles and the Eagles just obliterated them. But against Jacksonville at home, I think they'll be able to do that. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it, but somehow or another, I think they'll be able to control the game, control the clock. Is it three and a half or three? I mean, I'd like it three and a half. Three, but I, I think I would still take the three and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, future prediction, I think the Titans are going to be – Insanely good in a year or two. They just fired general manager John Robinson. So they're basically making a statement like, hey, we love our coach. We love our staff, but we just need somebody to get us good players. And I agree. So I think we're about to see a a lot better Titans team here in the next few years. But with that being said, the roster is still tough. The defensive roster so bad, and it's just impressive that they keep hanging on to win um, and compete in these games because the the defensive roster is awful. They have no pass rush. Um, it's just hard. They can stop the run, but they can't stop the pass. So um, this one's tough, but I agree. And I just I hope recency bias doesn't creep in. But at Tennessee against a, a Jacksonville team who we just saw. Uh, is not what I I thought they were. I thought they were a lot better than that. But I mean, you can't get molly whopped by the Detroit Lions like that. Um, you at least have to keep it close. If you can't score on the Lions defense, then who are you going to score on? That's that's kind of the mantra here. Um, the the only thing concerning is seventy three percent of the tickets are on Titans, so public is heavy. But to say the least, the Titans opened up at six and a half uh, point favorites. A few you know, 10 days, two weeks ago. So it makes sense for, um, it doesn't make sense for the public to be so heavy on this, but then there to be such a drop in the number. So I don't know. 
what's going on. I just want to throw that out there, but I still like the Titans. You know, I, I don't want to think too much about this. Jaguars four and eight against the spread. Titans eight and four against the spread. So again, everything is looking in the direction of Titans. So I'll leave it at that though. Let's uh let's talk Browns and Bengals. Browns go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Bengals are minus six home favorites. Browns offense looks awful. Luckily, the defense scored everything for him, so they didn't have to do anything. But Deshaun Watson, rusty. Browns offense, just not good. What do you think about this game? Bengals minus six. I like That's it. all I have to say. That's all I have Don't to say. Don't overthink it, they right? They got chased back. Um, Mixon was still out. But, I mean, P. Ryan's able to produce. P. Ryan's not a bad running back at all. Like, he's not going to be a superstar by any means, but he can easily – play his role and get like 50 rushing yards and add like 30 or 40 receiving yards. Right. But Joey Burr is, is, is him. And the Browns are fucking atrocious yeah. now. They're better with Joey Brissett, at least until now. Like, like, yeah, ugh, that's bullshit. That's honestly bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Browns, the Browns season is inherently yeah. done. So why, why are we trying to fight? Like, so they're going to try and get their $250 million yeah. quarterback back up to speed before next year. So the, the one thing is weird going on Bengals, 84% of the tickets are on the Bengals as expected. Now this is fine because the line started at three and a half ish a couple weeks back. So naturally I would expect the public to push back on uh, the Bengals drove that number up to Bengals minus six. So I don't be too scared about the public money in this one. I wouldn't weigh it in your decision too much, but I just don't see Deshaun Watson finding himself, you know, in a matter of a week. Um, he's still going to have a few more weeks where he has to shake off the rust. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not touching Stop this game. That. Stop. I'm not going to do it. Stop. You did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I'm not touching this game. No pun intended. Oh man, I'm not doing it. I'm kidding. I really do like Bengals minus Bengals six. Minus I mean, six. still the one possession spread. Um, it's at Cincinnati again. Full arsenal for Joey Burr. Joe Mixon will be back. I like it. That's it. We don't have to say anything else. Last game on the slate. Last game on the slate, Brendan's Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. are at home against the Ravens. The Ravens are three-point underdogs going into Pittsburgh. Now, Ravens lost Lamar Jackson for a couple weeks. Looks like it's going to be one to three weeks because Lamar sprained his PCL. Um, very unusual injury. Yeah. It's the uh, same thing that happened to Zeke last year. So, um. Weird injury, uh, but I mean, I mean, I know the Ravens almost lost to the Broncos. That was an ugly outing, but let's, you know, again, uh, backup QB came in and he, you know, maybe wasn't ready. Last year, he had to play a good bit in lieu of Lamar Jackson, and he did well. He did really well. So 
I'm not really knocking much off the Ravens here as much as some people might without Lamar Jackson. Um, what's his name? Tyler Huntley or something. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. I mean, he's a beast. Like I, I love watching him play. Like he's a really, really good backup quarterback and he loves Mark Andrews. So I think Mark Andrews about to have a heyday. Look out for those player props, but we'll talk about the game. Steelers are looking better and better. Um, you know, they still have some holes here and there. Uh, they still have some struggles, but I like the way they're playing, even though they've still dropped a few. Ravens never can put my finger on them. You know, they are a really, really good team, but they don't play like it sometimes. Uh, they struggle to score. Their defense is just weird. I don't know. They always feel like they're playing in low-score games. So it's kind of hard to put my finger on this because I want to take Ravens, you know, in the points. But again, it's in Pittsburgh, and this is one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. So, how do you feel about this game as a Pittsburgh Steeler? It's one of the how do you biggest feel about rivalries this game? in the NFL, and Kenny Pickett knows it. Being there, being from Pittsburgh, going to Pitt, um, he understands it. Um, the narrative. The narrative. Um, but Tyler Huntley is a dog, dude. He played so well last year. And one thing that I have to say specifically about this Ravens team. Zamar hadn't been playing that well. So I don't see any drop-off in the way the Ravens are going to play, in my opinion. Um, it will be really emotional being at Pittsburgh, uh, end of the season, big rivalry. Um, but, you know, the, the Pittsburgh defense is different with T.J. Watt. Still don't have him. Um, and I think Tyler Huntley is really good. He, he's one of those that just finds a way – to extend plays, to win. Um, he's really good with his legs. Um, and he's not a dumb – he doesn't make dumb decisions. Um, so I really like the Ravens plus three here. And I'm going to be nice to my Steelers because I'm going to go right. the Steelers win, Ravens plus three. <laughs> but uh, – but Yeah, I mean, I, I agree because my take on this is I think it should be a low-scoring game. And I figure one team will win by a field goal at the max. So I like catching a full three here. So so I at least get a push. Um and we're hopefully a, a Ravens win. Yeah. You know? No, I uh I just so, I, I really liked Tyler I like Huntley. I picked him up in a league that I had Lamar Jackson. I'm already out of the playoffs, okay, so it doesn't matter. But uh I really I like the play. I like the play. So um I'll take Ravens plus three. In this week. All right. Well, BJ, we can't end the show it's without doing your bet. It's got to be the Bills. It's got to be. Jets and Bills, are we doing it? Is it? What's the official spread? Is it minus nine and a right. half? All right, we'll take nine it. Nine and a half. half. Go Bills. All right, I take Jets points. Take Bills points sure. You take Bills points? Let's put it on the board. That's the beer bet of the week. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. We will be back here next week. Make sure to follow our Twitter account right here, wherever it is up here. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. We will be back here next week to talk NFL week 15. Have a great week. Happy betting. Happy betting.